Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. I'm your host, Charlie. I'm joined once again by the political cover himself, Zelius. Sup? Uh, the Thursday Night Hangout, of course, is your weekly show, live show, where we try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you with you during our show. If you haven't submitted your topic, question, etc., have no fear. You can drop them in the chat, and we will add it to our topic list for the show. If... Unfortunately, we run out of time. These topics will be added to the beginning of next week's show. There's always another week. Wait. I may not be at next week's show. Son of a bitch! Way to ruin things, Zelius. What? Said way to ruin things. You know, there's things in life I live for, and one of them is to ruin your life. Touche. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's get into some of the news. First of all, some crazy, crazy stuff. I know everyone loves the Kia, or I should say the IKEA. And it turns out that IKEA is going to have a uh, gamer set of um, gamer gear. But really, it's it, they're going to introduce a new line of furniture and gear for gamers. It's going to be 30 different pieces of, uh, I think it's 30, yeah, 30 products, both big and small. There are six product families, and I am not going to try to pr- uh, pronounce them because they're just trying to dick with people. The way they or name it's things. It's, in Swedish. it's like oops spell and mat spell and group spell and hoodvud spellar. There you go. I see lots of LEDs. I'm sure there is. Um, Let's see here. The obvious, let's see, gaming desks and chairs, some smaller accessories like a ring light for streamers or a neck pillow and mug holder for making sitting at the desk a little more comfy. Okay. Well, I I don't really need a mug holder, but I could use a drink holder, I guess. You know, it's actually bizarre. Well, it it is kind of cool that they actually did partner with Republic of Gamers, the ROG of Aces. Yeah, yeah. You get some, you know, gamer geared stuff going, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the strange thing is, like, I was actually at Ikea a couple months ago because I was looking to, like, get, like, a side table or upgrade my desk a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, like, they seem to have really um, shrunk in their office space over the last year or so. Maybe it's because they're making room for the gaming collection, which is coming in October 2021. I think that it's more like they're making room for their kitchen. They already got enough kitchens. Oh, their kitchen section has grown, good sir. Exactly. They don't need more, no more kitchens. Uh, apparently, everyone wants a new kitchen right now from IKEA. How did I? Okay, so I apparently. Okay. Uh... But I am interested. Like I like IKEA stuff. I mean, I'm on a nice IKEA desk right now. Um, some nice solid wood, and uh-huh. actually, a bunch of our desk in our robotics lab are from IKEA. Nice, good. I mean. You can't go wrong with our solid butcher block wood. As long as you can um, follow the instructions on assembly. It's really not that hard. It's actual pictures. You look at the picture. Imagine you're an Egyptian for a minute, deciphering hieroglyphics. It's really pretty simple. That does not I stop one, people from uh, assembling it upside down. I have one very, very simple rule with the assembling IKEA furniture. What's that? If I... Helping somebody, there's no 
discussing how to assemble it with me. It's my way or I don't have it. Or the highway, baby. It's because that is how you get into fights. That is how you lose family members. That is how knifing's happening with the Allen wrench is over fighting over, in your view, the deciphering of their building. So you have to have one person who is going to decide this is the only way you're allowed to build it because the instant somebody disagrees, that's when all hell breaks loose with IKEA furniture. So, um, I, I apparently missed, uh, no, no, they, they, they give an, ex an additional accessory lowered down in this article and that is a mouse bungee. What? Yeah. Uh, speaking of bungee, the, um, the composer behind basically Halo's most iconic songs, uh, just got sued for, I think a hundred thousand dollars for by bungee. Uh, for stealing some music. So the guy who created the music for Bungie is getting sued for stealing music from Bungie? Well, it's their... The thing is, they... I know technically they're in the copyright, but still. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is... That's kind of funny. Weird, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you know, I... Mm, I don't know. Speaking I mean, of weird, okay, uh, we're going to get... We're, we're, the next one... This next one is uh, uh, some more bizarre stuff for the consumer. And that is Razer, the company that basically pumps out high-end gaming devices, has just announced an amazing accessory for those who like to game on their touchscreen phones. And that, my friends, is the Gaming Finger Sleeve. It is designed to absorb sweat and thus reduce friction on the screen to help you max out performance. So yeah. you're, you get to wear fancy uh, sweat-absorbing uh, uh, thumb condoms with razor written on the back. That is some very intense, like, idle RPGing, man. I mean, that must be the best, like, RPG game ever. Well, actually, the rec they're, they're recommending um, uh, their, their game that, uh, that they're highlighting is Fortnite and other fast-paced mobile games. I can, I, I've never played Fortnite on my cell phone, and one of the things is, is on my phone, I cannot get behind like the action paced games on my phone where my fingers covering it up makes it very difficult for me. Like, very difficult gonna, for you. Have you seen my paws? These fuckers are huge. Uh, so like I'll play like the idle RPG games or like the strategy games. Those I'm fine with. And like, if I were that into Fortnite, let's just say it was like, if I was that intense with Fortnite where I needed like finger condoms I would actually get like one of those contraptions where like basically you dock it into your phone and basically it turns it into the joysticks for the Bluetooth. That's what I would get if I were that into Fortnite on my phone. Jay Stev says Fortnite on mobile is a joke. And to be honest with you, it probably is. It's a money grab. Speaking of Fortnite though, let's talk about the con the conflicting uh, news headlines around Epic and Apple. The fun never ceases. So, wait, 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 wait. Sam said 
uh, John Fogarty sued by CCR for singing his own songs. Clarence Clearwater Revival. I know what CCR stands for. I was like, you know what that is. They were. The, he was the lead singer for a while. I mean, he was the lead singer. But anyways, um, anyways, uh, so you know, there's this mega lawsuit that Epic files against Apple, uh, basically saying, you know, it's a, it, the way that Apple handles in-game payment. You got to utilize their payment gate. You're not allowed to have like a third party way of, of getting stuff. Like if you're on your PC, you are, when, when you make purchases, you are buying, uh, straight from that company. You don't have to go through the app store payment, which of course, if you do that, Apple keeps some of the money because of the, because of transaction fees, big money, big money. So here's the thing. If you look across the internet, you'll get two different stores. One says Epic with huge victory. And then you also get Apple with huge victory. So here's the deal. Yes. A, a company is legally until, you know, there's an appeal. If you have your own pay gate, you are allowed to utilize it on the Apple platform. However, Apple's App Store is not considered a monopoly. So you can't add like a Steam or like an Epic game, you know, uh, game launcher. You have to utilize the App Store, which I'm totally okay with because if you, if you take that out of the equation, the amount of... I don't know, scamware and malware and ransomware will skyrocket and lock your phone in a heartbeat. Like, I mean, the logic of it actually makes sense to me where, you know, one of the reasons I do get an iPhone is I like the fact it is just the app store. It's built in. I don't have to deal with other random stuff. It's just there. I know where it's all curated. Well, curation has many connotations in this regard, but it's there. But at the same time, and now the in-game app purchases, um, I can now also purchase those outside. I know like Fortnite's a big one or Epic Games or like Spotify, I know will love this decision. Yep. Or now they can redirect you to the payment system outside of there. My, you know, naive prediction probably is, well, Apple doesn't like that part of it because obviously they want that sweet 30% across the board. Because a lot of games are going to in-app purchases. Yeah, but most people are just going to use the native in-app purchase from Apple regardless because it's just easier. It's already built into their payment. It already has their thumb pin attached to it. Um, so that's my prediction is most people like aren't going to be phased one way or the other. It's really what is simplest. And if everything is already tied into the Apple purchase and now their Apple credit card, of course, uh, if that's the, you know, that's right there and built in, I think that's what most people use still. I, to be honest with you, I think, I think you're for the most part correct. I think that if if it's a game that's on multiple platforms that already has that payment gateway built in, you're going to see that being added to the games that are on the App Store. But if you're talking about uh, too many um, 
I mean, there's so many games out there that that basically are going to nickel and dime you or try to give you cool stuff to try to enhance your game or remove ads. They're just going to use the Apple uh, gateway because they don't want to have to deal with issues if the gateway gets fucked up. Yeah, it's safer for them to just go with Apple because if it gets fucked up, it's Apple's problem, not the developer. Because let's be honest, the vast majority of developers in a perfect world would be making bank, but they most developers are not that you know super duper financially stable. So, but yeah. but I you know I from what I read, it made it sound like developers could not have an in-app gateway inside the app itself, what they could do is have the link to an external source. Um, you and I read it differently because I felt like you could do it in, that that was the point, was that you could do it in-app. If you could do it from external source, then you could have done it beforehand because all you need w would be to buy it on your computer get the key ID and then just type it into your phone and ta-da, purchase. So like, say like Spotify, right? Yeah. It is previously, Spotify could not even give you a link or tell you to, hey, go purchase at Spotify and you'll get 30% off. They could not even do that inside the app. Well, Whereas now, it, if like, it's tied to your account, if you make the 30% off, they, they set tell, the prices. But Apple was not allowed to tell you that no, Spotify was not allowed to tell you that inside the app itself. Like that was that was what Epic was basically arguing was so up until now, Spotify could not even say it was against the TOS of Apple that I Spotify will give you Charlie 30% off if you use my gateway inside the app or external, doesn't matter. You are not even allowed to do that as a developer. You could not even say go elsewhere. Okay, and so that makes no sense. If you are cross-platform, you cannot stop that, okay? The problem you was, on the App Store specifically, yes, you could. Apple said you are not allowed to tell people on the App Store itself. Right, to go you can't the tell them, but that doesn't stop the, the people from going to a different platform. If it's cross-platform... People aren't going to go elsewhere unless directed. Okay, let's... Spotify, in my opinion, is not really... Uh, a very good example because most people, yes, a lot of people use it on their cell phone, but there's a shit ton of them that are also use it on their PC throughout the day. And so you're going to see that. Uh, Jay Stev says licenses is the key here. That's why if you purchase something on a platform, it's tied to that platform. But if you're, but if you're sharing data, like your preferences or um, likes and dislikes, and you're, if you're uh, a member that has a paid version of it or not, then you could tie that kind of stuff in. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm sure that Apple will find a way to dick everyone over. <laughs> Gee, that would be different. You fancy. So. I mean, really from a consumer perspective, like I'm fine with it. Like it may take over the developer. I fully admit that. But the developer's been like, dicked wow. over forever. Like for me, it's fine. Like as the consumer, you you don't you're not gonna. It doesn't financially hinder you. 
because you 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 utilized the what's available and you were able to create um I mean you were able to gain what you were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um now speaking of Dumonet, uh we know that cryptocurrency is there, and then of course the rise of this thing called NFT. Um I'm surprised this hasn't happened sooner. There is at least one, and I'm sure that there's a dozen more out there of um, entrepreneurs, let's say. Uh, Jay's Dev, customers hold the power, but they have broken that code. That's why they win. Touche. Uh, So NFTs, which are, oh my God, what the hell does NFT stand for? I don't actually know what it stands for. Non-fungible tokens. Yeah, that sounds fancy. I okay. I still don't really grasp the whole thing of it, but basically, you could pay for like exclusive rights to something. I I guess I don't know. It's really weird. But there is a um, there was a company that got in some serious ass trouble recently because they were giving nfts of like art that was not theirs mm. and the uh and the developer someone told the developer that hey man this this stuff is yours and they were like hey you need to stop that and of course the the seller goes oh yeah absolutely so he steals more stuff from the artist, <laughs> different stuff. You're like, really? Mm. Like everything with like the whole like world of cryptocurrency is just like the crazy wild west. Yeah. As far as all that goes. I mean, it's like, at least with like, you know, your bank with like Wells Fargo or whatever, like your money's kind of protected against like basically the money, the, like whatever happening, but th- something like a wall, like Coinbase, like really what protection do you have of tomorrow Coinbase was like, yeah, we're closing shop and taking the money and run. It's not like really governed by the government. It's just kind of something we trust in theory works. That's also banking. Yeah. There, but- there's no, there's no backing of the money. A bank yeah, could close right. and be like, Oh no, something happened to all your money. It went into our pockets, but we don't know where it went because there's what's part of time. All the money was backed by gold, but we stopped doing that. Uh, and so, you know, if everyone would try to pull out their money at once, there'd be a problem because well, they would be able to. For. You have the $200,000 backed by FDIC, at least, from like if the bank closed tomorrow. Seems but if every single customer, look, it for those who probably uh, in, in school learned about the Great Depression, that the way that banks terribly handled things could happen again. Anyways, so this NFT thing, I don't understand it. I think it's just a, a gimmick. And at least one guy has been caught trying to make money off of someone else's stuff. But that's not really new. There are tons of developers out there, artists out there, writers out there that are you know, basically stealing people's shit left and right. You know what that means we need? What? <coughs> the fusion NFT. No. 
via no. your brain doodle. No, you turned your brain doodle into an NFT. I don't. I, I don't I, know how that actually works. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how that works. How about I, this? It sounds magical. Like we know what an NFT is. We can make it work. I will just set up a a store page, and this would take for fucking ever. But the but I will take a picture of every single one of my brain doodles, which is two hundred thirty three now, and I'll post them in batches, and you can buy batches, and I'll send them to you. Because I I what if I was a Patreon reward? True. True, but it would have to be higher than uh, the current thing. What about a wall? What if, ooh, I could wallpaper my behind me with your brain doodles. What do you think? I could get like a little green screen and I could like tape all of your brain doodles on there behind me. Sure, if you want to. I think, I think we're onto something here. For those out there who may not know this, well, of course, if you're watching the, the show, uh, either live or recorded, I have a tendency to do brain doodles uh, during certain situations. Now, of course, if you're listening to the audio, I can't really show you a brain doodle, but... Do you have any to show us now? Yes, I do. Hold on one second. Nice. I have to go get my box of brain doodles. You have a box? Yeah, here's all the brain doodles. You should put a lock in that box. You don't want the, your NFT of Ultra Confusion to get stolen or lost. Uh, Jay Steph says, NFT is like eBay on steroids, but digital... Let's see here. Ah, here is the brain doodle that I actually did with Zelius at Battle and Brew on Friday. So there's the brown doodle. And each one is different. So is this there is actually like a way to win the maze or is it just an open end? It's maze? not a maze. Oh, it looks like a maze. It does look like a maze, but it's not a maze. You should it's... make mazes. You could sell them to children's books. I try to make mazes, but I get kind of lost in making them. And then I can't remember what path I was going to do. See, maybe that'll hold your attention more. No, I won't do that. Anyways, currently 233 brain duels. I'm actually impressed you've kept track of your number. I got... I would have lost track after like seven. Well, so... Do you number them? I didn't... I, well, I do now. I didn't do it at first, but... I decided, well, shit, I, I don't know how many of these things I'm actually doing. So I went through one day and just started writing the number. And, I mean, I've been numbering them basically as I do them since, like, 198, I think. So you can get, like, brand doodle number 198 out of 213. Yeah. Like, 233. You're buying priceless artwork. Exactly. Exactly. Anyways, so what about a shirt of brain doodles? I don't think that'd be very comfortable unless I were to make a brain doodle design and print it on a shirt. Exactly. Interesting. How does it feel when you create them? It helps me clear my brain. It helps me kind of silence the craziest in my brain so I can have conversations. Hmm. And as Zelius uh, pointed out, apparently it slows down my drinking. By about 75%. Exactly. So I feel, so my body could fill up faster and I don't need an extra 
two or three rounds. It's like instead of thinking about drinking, you're thinking like only about the brain doodle. Well, I'm doing the brain doodle to think about stuff. Mm. See, Jay Steph, when I draw, I escape into my own world. Technically, yeah, I do that as well. So, moving on to the next story. This one. So, if you have Netflix, you've probably noticed that they did a He-Man series, and then they're also going to do an additional, like, uh, they're basically they have like this He-Man series that's basically spearheaded by Kevin Smith, which immediately I have to check it out. And by the way, amazing. And then they're going to have an an additional animated hero, uh, hero, He-Man series coming out. Now, not to be outdone by Netflix, Amazon has just announced that they will be creating a live-action version of She-Ra, which was the female version of He-Man, which was smart back in the day. And, and to be honest with you, it's interesting. I'll, I'll probably have to check it out. You know, you had He-Man, which was just like, testosterone for little boys. And then, you know, She-Ra was the answer so that girls could get into, you know, super vigilant, sword-wielding, badass girls. So like Valkyries. Yeah, exactly. Which, okay, that's... I mean, Amazon is trying to grab a bunch of series. I think Amazon has seen what Netflix is doing, and they're like, if we do not start grabbing all these freaking IPs, Netflix is going to have them all. So they're like, okay, She-Ra, Wheel of Time, Uh, uh, The Boys, which is a graphic novel, Wheel of Time. How many books was that? 14? Uh, I think so. A ton. Uh, J-Stev, She-Ra, Brother Loved, He-Man. I had a huge... Basically, I grew up with watching He-Man, G.I. Joe... Oh, what was the other one? There's another one that I can't remember off the top of my head, but I watched the shit out of some some cartoons back in the day. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I think they just literally announced it. So they are partnering. Let's see. Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. A live action Thundercats. That'd be kind of cool. Of course, the question is always, does Amazon take the Netflix route of basically throwing all kinds of random shit against the wall and see what sticks? Or do they go the more like HBO route where they create more highbrow content, some may call it? I, I, I think they're probably going to lean more towards the Netflix version of doing things where we'll give you a season. And if it sucks, we'll move on. Let's be honest. Amazon has a shit ton of money. Now, I don't want to get into... It's all in space. <laughs> exactly. It's all in space now. It's on the dark side of the moon. I don't want to get into... Now, of course, speaking about Amazon having lots of money brings up the, the topic of DMCA. Uh, Jay Steph says, How do you feel about recre- recreations over new creations? Okay. 
If you are going to like remake or remaster something, I want to see. I don't know. I, I, it's it's all about quality for me. I want to see something that blows my socks off. You know, it's got to be more than a port with you know maybe just like one or two fancy upgrades. I'm, in terms of games, when it comes to TV shows, you know, I'm—I'd have to say that I want—if you're going to basically grab an old IP, I want it to be have a little bit of that nostalgia, but at the same time, have a little extra on top of it that stays true to the original IP. Like, I don't want you to do—I don't want you to redo. We'll just go with He-Man since He-Man is what I've been talking about. I don't want you to redo He-Man and have them now in present day Earth with Castle Grayskull becoming, I don't know, uh, Caesar's Palace or something like that. That it, here, Here's the thing, and, and I've, I've mentioned this many, many times. If you're going to utilize a title of an IP, and this is special, this is especially true for movies, make it true to the IP. If you're going to make a movie about Transformers, you need basically the movie is a bunch of robots and a couple of humans. It is not a couple of robots and the American and the U.S. Army. Sorry. If it's, I mean, I guess if it's the original source, I don't really care, honestly. I mean, for me, it's, is the product good? Um, because, you know, chances are that uh, for whatever that original source content from is, if I saw, like, let's just take He, he Man. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the cartoon since I was a kid. So, really, what happened doesn't matter to him anymore. Like, that's such in the distant past where I really don't care if it useless of source material as long as it's good. The problem with Transformers wasn't that it didn't use the original source material well, it's that it was terrible. So for me, I don't care really about whether or not it uses the source material well. If you, um, but, every but if, source material is built on something else. You know, it's kind of, there's no such thing as original thought. So who really cares what it's built on as long as it's good? But... It- Many would say, in order for it to be good, it needs to be true to the source material. That doesn't really bother me. Like, whatever. I mean, like, take Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings stuck pretty well to the source material. Yes, but let's say that... Let's say they do a remake of of Lord of the Rings, but instead of... uh, uh, There's a character named Gandalf, but he's an ugly-ass troll with bright red hair that just eats hobbits for breakfast. How does that make you feel? If it's good, sure. I mean, that's what- Oh, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be you bowl quality. That, well, then that's not about the source quality. That's just being terrible. That, um, right. Like, but you can be good. Like, I thought the Sword of Truth TV series was good. Um, it didn't get extended, but I thought it was good. It was an absolute bastardization of the books. No two ways about it, but I still enjoyed it. Um, and there's another series just like that. I had a total brain fart on. We went two seasons. I thought it was enjoyable. 
and use like basically the virtual idea of like, hey, there's a guy searching for a sword of power. We're going to go with that. Everything else has nothing to do with the books and we're okay with that. Okay, so I Jake- was fine with that. And the like, I enjoyed all the series greatly, regardless of whether or not they followed the books, because they sourced because the content in the new medium was good enough. So I didn't care that I didn't really follow the books. All right, fine. I'm a purist. Damn it. I know you are. Okay. Um, so for me, yep, whatever. Um, it doesn't really phase me one part or the other. Um, what I will say to your point, though, is I think there is a correlation most likely between quality because if a original content is good enough or popular enough to warrant a make on another medium, then most likely that original story is good enough to go ahead and follow that regardless. So in that regard, it probably makes a creative logical sense to go ahead and follow that source material because we know it's already good enough. Now, if that new director or story writer can come up with a new great storyline for the movie or TV series, then that's great. Okay. Okay, fine, fine, whatever. Uh, Jay Steph says, I think the point he's making is the things we are referencing are original, so why aren't they creating new stuff? Easy. Untested uh, IPs scare the shit out of publishers. It's much, much easier to bank on nostalgia and fandoms on, you know, old titles and redo them. Then try something a little bit different. Sure, potentially it could work. But nine out, unfortunately, seven out of ten times, it's going, it's going to be, unless marketing is amazing, there's a very good chance that it's going to f- fall flat on their face because people will be like, um, I don't know. I- I've never heard of this. It sounds interesting. Maybe. I don't know. Um, also, Hollywood can't make Star Trek new ideas that keep going backwards. Yes. Well, I mean, that's, that's you know, exactly. You're going to have a captain of a ship. They're going to go on adventures to strange new worlds and seek out new life and new civilization to boldly go where no man has gone before. <laughs> Except for the fact that the vast majority of all the Star Trek shows basically go near the same areas and interact with the same races. So technically, they are their own... Uh, They are lying about doing it? Their own people are actually kind of contradicting the point the the what they're trying to sell and if it still makes bank i mean like star wars you know that's a series or star trek mm-hmm. i mean well star wars more than star trek i would say still print money so from that perspective there's no reason not to but i think that's a good case though where like the new trilogy you know kind of somewhat try to follow original source material from a storyline perspective right but it still came up flat. Um, it's like in that case, it's almost like they've tried to rely on the original material. Wait, it still look, came out flat. What? The The last movie was the only one to, that came out flat. I, I wasn't entirely impressed with any of the three ones. Really, the only one I was actually impressed with was um, Rogue Squadron. Rogue One. Okay. You, did, you keep... I... Okay, Zelius. 
You need to stop switching back and forth between Star Wars and Star Trek. Star you, Wars. No, I'm you said Star, Star Trek fell flat. I'm like, what the hell are you Sorry, talking about? I know, I know okay. Star Wars. Yes, on. yes. Okay, yes. Well, yeah. to be honest with you, I think the the first three in in chronological order, okay? So technically it's the, the second three and the third three, but in chronological order, it's the first three and the last three where eh, they had couple moments but mm. and i would say the my order personally would be the middle three the last three and then the first three are the worst in my opinion oh yeah well the the funny thing is that when they started doing i mean the acting was terrible as well but the 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 what was supposed to happen was Jar Jar was actually a Sith, but everyone hated Jar Jar so much that they basically had to sh shove him away. Okay, write a conspiracy theorist. No, it, that's they the they actually came out and said it. I don't really actually believe that. I think it was more of a acknowledgement of what the internet was thinking. You know, it was like a tongue-in-cheek agreement no if if you actually looked at what jar jar did oh god damn it if you actually look at what jar jar did during those first three movies he accidentally fucks up every time i don't believe the story writers were actually intelligent enough to actually have that long term of a vision based on how bad the movies were i think they put too much emphasis on trying to make jar jar stand out and so they fucked everything. How about that? Okay. I, I think we can all agree on that. Yay! <laughs> Comes down to writers that can really write. And the sad thing is, most writers can't. And so they're going to try to drum up shit that's slightly different than something that has existed and been popular forever. How about this? Star Wars directed by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, dear Jesus. Well, first of all, Samuel Jackson will be involved in it somehow. Um, <laughs> He'll be resurrected. It's fine. Uh, Jay Steph, look at Marvel. They hit so many notes because they were staying. That's the thing. They were staying true to the formula, uh, as but at the same time, they were adding new twists, new, mm -hmm. you know. St of course, there are a couple of the MCU movies you're just kind of like, <laughs> but okay. Um, like the most recent, I mean, hopefully this isn't a spoiler at this point, but the most recent, you know, the last Star Wars movie when Palpatine came back, like, I think the audience had like an audible groan. Like, yes, they did. Like, oh my God, really? Ray, our Star Wars would be epic. Like, really? Um, and that's, I know, I think that's, you know, I think to your point, that's what Marvel does well is they continue to come out like, They'll also try new things. Like, what is it, the Ten Rings movie or whatever it's called? Yeah, um, that's that's, that's breaking box office for. Or when they did Guardians of the Galaxy, yep. like they're really. I mean, yes, you know, you could argue that some of their stuff is formulaic. Um, formulaic. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Um, but they also are at least willing to actually try new and interesting things. And I'll go back to Rogue One as being the best Star Wars movie. Because they tried something new. That's Gary Whitta, who's an amazing writer, by the way. Who is he, writer? Gary Whitta. He also did yeah. uh, Book of Eli. Yeah. And so it, they tried something new. It was great. 
And I felt like they also weren't burdened by like the weight of the rest of Star Wars. I mean, it was still fit into the universe, but it's not like they were trying to have a harken back to old things Star Wars, like every Star Wars movie tries to do. Okay, so basically, you if you cut out the Skywalkers, because that is just overly done. Yes. Then you'll be fine. Um, oh, shit. What was I going to say? Like, I was even okay with Ray and, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Finn. No, the the Sith guy. The Sith guy? Oh, yeah. Um, with the- oh, oh uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah, Kylo Ren. Like, I just thought, like, I enjoyed their storyline. It mm-hmm. did it. Like, I'm like, all right, all right. It's just, yeah. Um, yeah. And- Apparently, I haven't actually watched them from what I've read, though, and you've probably seen them is really the Star Wars cartoons are where it's at. Yes, they the I've and and I'm going to be I'm going to be completely honest. Even the Star Wars Lego series is are really good and they're funny and they make fun of the characters, make some of them like bumbling idiots. But it's it's done so well that you you're okay with it and it also adds new material as well. Now, uh, I do want to take just a moment to give you a, uh, give our friends of the show a little bit of a shout out. Well, not a little bit of a shout out. Let's give them a shout out. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let us start with the one and only Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the Main Street mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. If you want more information, go to andycluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R dot com. Now, of course, the next one that I've got to do a shout out for is the new kid in town. I'm switching up a little bit, Zealous. <laughs> Uh, and that, of course, is Noodle Boy Media. Noodle Boy Media, founded in 2015 by, oh, sorry, founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran. Noodle Boy Media, previously Wide Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of profi- professionalism top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. And finally, the awesome, awesome Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. If you want more information, go to www.herochiropractic.com. 
Now, as is always the case, we want to do a couple alt confusion, uh, you know, little hellos ourselves. So let us start off with the most important one, and that is, ladies and gentlemen, for the tenth year straight, we will be fundraising for Extra Life. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best: game. To help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to our chosen hospital, which of course is Children's Health Carolina, as unrestricted funds. This means the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion. Now, some of you might be wondering, how do I get added to the friends of the show? Well, your luck, I'm about to tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion has a Patreon, and we survive on the love and support of fans like you. Patreon lets you, the fans, supporters, lovers, haters, demons, monsters, angels, uh, robots, and any other type of life form out there to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This will give you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, there are two tiers available. There is a $1 tier, which of course is $12 a year, and that will gain you the ability to have early access to our playthroughs and of course the ability to take part in polls to help shape Alter Confusion. Now the next step up ladies and gentlemen is the $5 tier. The $5 tier or $60 a year will put your name or organization in the thank you section for every Thursday night hangout and of course at that $5 a month, $60 a year uh, tier, you will also gain the early access to playthroughs and the polls to help shape Alter Confusion. So if you're interested, go to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Altered Confusion. Now, since we have one of our fans that loves for me to do this next part, ladies and gentlemen, if maybe financial support is not something you could do right now, but you want to, you know, basically show off something with Alter Confusion, I've got good news for you. You can mail us something for us to show off on our show or maybe do an unboxing video. And all you need to do, ladies and gentlemen, is send it to 1551 Dunwoody. That's D U N W O O D Y. Village Parkway, and this is super duper 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 important, number, and if you do not put this there, it will not get to us, number 88276. The city, of course, once again, Dunwoody, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Georgia, zip code 30338. Ta-da! All right, so with the time we have left, we've got a couple topics uh, left to talk about. And 
I'm going to go with the Twitch topic first, and that is Twitch is actually going out, is actually suing a couple of individuals that are creating hate raids, mostly targeting those in minority or uh, those of a certain sexual persuasion and whatnot. So, ironically, the I don't think they I don't know if they've actually released the names, but I know that two of the big parts of these hate raids are f- from Europe. And basically what they have is they have a shit ton of different Twitch accounts that they kind of mass together and just you know, basically spam the shit out of a channel and but with derogatory terms and you know, inappropriate stuff. Now, of course, up to this point, Twitch is like, just don't, you should not do that because it's mean. So Twitch or Amazon finally doing something is nice. But at the same time, it took a freaking protest to really get the wheels turning. Some of you probably uh, remember hashtag be better Twitch. And that was, that actually culminated in a mass amount of streamers taking off a day in support of needing shit to work or basically to be you know to be fair to protect the streamers no matter who they are can't people just not be asshats wouldn't that be just a wonderful solution to start with it's the beauty of the internet Amenity allows for people to be their true selves, which unfortunately the vast majority of the world with, sorry, their true selves without consequences. And that is, they are dicks. And they think it's cool to try to rip people a new one because they can't get caught. Or it's much harder to get caught. Pretty much. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is with a lot of, of these you know, online websites and whatnot, where you're having to deal with this type of hate speech, it's pretty, you know, there a, a lot of the, you know, protection is literally, they just ban the account, but that doesn't stop you from opening a new account, which unfortunately happens the vast majority of the time. Or someone's got a bunch of alt accounts already set up, so when you shut down their main one, they just switch over to the next one. Well, that's trivial, I mean, to have a Tor set up, a VPN set up, mm-hmm. have an Onion router set up. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole plethora of ways for these hats to basically, you know, you ban one person and half a second later, a gremlin imitator appears next to it. Right. Um, and it's not always a whole lot, especially as a moderator, you can do if they really want to target you. Well, that's, that's the thing is that these hate raids, uh, in case, you know, basically in case there are moderators, these hate raids have such a vast number of users, most of them bots, that hit that the moderator can't keep up. Yeah. And it, you know, basically just destroys the show. Now, there are there's also a lot of streamers who are their own moderators. And so there's nothing you could do. It's... Well, unfortunately, it, the options aren't great because really, you know, two options are one is you 
prevent new accounts based like you can restrict it um like they have to be like a member or a patreon or like there's different ways you can set it up mm-hmm. but the reality is for a lot of these twitch streamers especially if they're you know if they're not the big multi-millionaire ones like they need every single one of those hits to right. make their money and if they or just to be ball, discovered or to be discovered yes if they raise the bar at all mm-hmm. to try to stop the hate raids they're going to actually end up, unfortunately, killing their audience at the same time. So any of those kind of like ideas of like, well, you could do this or that, it all comes down to it would basically kill it because, you know, you have the fickle asshats, but you the audiences in general on Twitch are extremely fickle. When you think about how many, you know, Fortnite streamers you have, you have thousands of them. So if you know, big part of Twitch is the interacting, right? That's mm-hmm. why we do this is you want yep. to interact with your audience. And if I'm going to go watch a Twitch stream, I want to interact with that streamer. Right. And if I cannot easily interact with that streamer, well, I'll go find another streamer who I can interact with. Yep. So that makes it doubly hard to have any kind of barrier of entry um, to being able to interact, unfortunately. So... And not a lot of great solutions um, to this dilemma. Agreed. Now, uh, Zelius, you know, was talking about popular channels or and also popular games on Twitch, and one of them, which unfortunately uh, has the game has grown stale, and so the viewership has been going down for quite a while. Uh, that, of course, is Overwatch, and they made the announcement that the because the, the the championship will be on Overwatch two, like they're they're the backbone of it or something like that. So Zelius, do you remember all the details? Wait, what? Remember? Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to pull it up now. You said like three different sentences. I'm very confused. What your question is? My question is: Can you can you help me get more information about the fact that um. Oh shit, where'd it go? Overwatch League 2022 season will use an early build of Overwatch 2. Oh, I heard a lot of twos. Um, yes, I mean, I guess that's one way to beta test Overwatch 2. But uh, at the same time, I, like... I, I, I don't know, because like the original... So back in the days of Jeff Kaplan, the original theory was going to be that basically... Overwatch 2 was basically a PvE, player versus environment, add-on, basically, of Overwatch 1. Meaning if you had Overwatch 1, you would still get all the same PvP elements and characters as the Overwatch 2, just without all the PvE stuff. But now, who the hell knows what that means? Um, I have a feeling that's something that Catherine was pushing for to try not to segregate the... Um, to you know, sec- separate your um, get player base. Right. Um, whereas now, my guess is, you know, it's Blizzard Activision, and so it's like, aha! If it's a completely new game that they have to purchase completely new, then it's more money in the bottom line, right? That's my assumption of where it's going now. Whereas well, basically, Overwatch Two is going to be like, you need Overwatch Two to play the game. So, I mean, it, you know, it really comes down to Activision wearing the Blizzard uh, costume. C- 
because let's they Activision has been uh, systematically destroying Blizzard, mm-hmm. uh, but they want to keep the name because of name recognition. Yep. Um, there, I think there's a report that just came out about the Diablo two port to the Switch. Thankfully, it. I mean, first of all, I'm not going to buy it for the Switch, but if I were, thankfully, this thing that's heavily limited would have no effect to me on that is the multiplayer aspect, which. How's it limited? I didn't see that. Honestly, I don't remember. That's a huge part of Diablo two is the multiplayer. I'll have to hold on. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, because like before all this crazy shit came out, I was actually considering buying Diablo two for the Switch. Um, I'm not now with everything that's come out, but originally I was like, "Ooh, Diablo two on the Switch, that'd be fun to play." Like when I'm in bed. I mean, that's a winning combination, right? Uh, but same thing, J. Steph. I mean, I used to play a lot of Overwatch, and everyone, every you know, couple of months, I'll try spinning it up. But the lack of new maps and new characters, new gameplay, like. I play it, I'm like, oh, this is the same game I've already put hundreds of hours into with absolutely zero change. And after a couple of matches, I just lose all motivation to continue playing because it's the same ladder game I played for years. Uh, so for, it, it sucks because I the core game is fantastic. Like the core characters, there's great balance between the different um, characters. The maps are fun, so it's a great FPS. It's just stale. Um, just release some new characters and some new maps for fuck's sakes. You have all these newcomers that have already produced rosters that are like tripled the size of of Overwatch. And yep. they they add maps systematically or at least, you know, redo the map to make it look sexy. Um, the, yeah, it, the, go, go Zealus. It's kind of ironic that it's like what they're doing now is what actually made Blizzard 10 years ago, meaning that they perfected their product yep. and then they just haphazardly throw shit out. Agreed. But that worked 10 to 15 years ago. And it's not the same couldn't work now. Like that same concept for Blizzard could still be applicable today if there wasn't a giant pile of steaming shit around them outside of that. That's the problem is they have this one little product, Overwatch, where it's like they're trying to be that perfect product that they used to have, but unfortunately they've shown that's not who they are anymore of actually releasing great content. And now I'm very cynical that anything they release post-Overwatch is going to be anything but a pie, heaping pile of crap. Okay, so I would, I would be... Mm, I'll take a slightly different angle of this. I think that, you know, Blizzard, as they've gone on you know, throughout the years, they of course have been like, we're not going to release it until it's amazing and nearly perfect. But I think the problem is that those type of games that they released, they have uh, uh, Starcraft, you had three playable races and Diablo, you had, I, depending on which Diablo you're playing, you had X amount of classes. And then it really, yes, there is a possibility that they would add a class, but the vast majority of time it is set. And so I fear that they took that same concept into Overwatch going, all right, this game is perfect for this these this set of characters. But the everybody else is going, you know, is tweaking the characters and they are well, okay, Overwatch just came out with I think 
uh, Bridget's getting, they're removing the shield bash, I think. That's her stuns. Right. For Overwatch 2. Yeah. Right. But the major part of her kit. So that's interesting. You, you have to create new content. The, in order to survive, especially in the multiplayer realm, you have to create new content. You can't survive off of one big push for, you know, long for a long time oh for the love of god okay sam battlefield one you you're not really you're not stuck as a tank or a dps or support or depending on you know their terminology uh flanker or what's the other one what 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 do you there's four classes and what in in most of these like you know um fpss no not fpss but more okay. of like the rpg kind of like moba standard you know where you have yeah. your tank Damage support tank and maybe flanker or jungle or something along that variation there you go. yeah that's okay Asking. flanker jungler that, that okay yeah that's that's okay but you need to add stuff, man. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. You need to add shit. Well, and you think it's like even WoW is hurting. I mean, you've seen how, I mean, I still, I have a play, but I still follow the uh, Final Fantasy XIV Reddit. And just to see how WoW is losing subscribers left and right. And that's, you almost feel like a little bit of Blizzard's, Overwatch strategy comes from World of Warcraft, where they don't sure. do, you know, seismic changes. They just kind of keep going until like a major release. It worked for WoW for twenty years almost, right? But so, the, but WoW not? is, but the thing is, WoW is adding content though. Ten, I mean, it's yeah. at this point you're just like, ooh, wow, you're you're tweaking the amount of people who could do a raid, or you're and you're adding a new area or. One new class that no one's going to play that, you know. But it is definitely a different era of video games where you can't, I think to your point, stay in that same content forever because there are so many new games all the times, especially in the multiplayer realm. Mm -hmm. And you have to be releasing new content to stay relevant. Um, I mean, that's that I know that's a strategy Paladins takes. It's, they just throw shit against the wall with new characters and maybe they'll be overpowered. Maybe they'll suck, but we're going to try it anyways. But there's this beautiful thing called tweaking the stats. Um, unfortunately, sometimes they, they fuck over a character that you get used to and take away or, you know, decrease amount of damage or speed or health. And you're like, you son of a bitch. But at least they're doing stuff. They're actively showing that they give a shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like they need to release like, you know, four new characters a month or something like other games do. It's even like something. <laughs> and add, add a new map every four months. And they basically said though, that they're not releasing anything until overwatch Two, which I think further disincentivizes the overwatch population as it is like when it's like, maybe there's something on the horizon, but you've been told that no, there's not. There's even more of a like, oh, well, that sucks. The thing that really bothers me, though, is you have the Overwatch Pro League, 
and the buy-in to get a fucking team was like $24 million. I like how the, how the hell are they getting away with this at this point where they're not keeping the fan base, the professional players. I would, you know, as an owner of one of these teams, I'd start knocking on the, the damn door going, seriously, guys, do you, I, I, I don't know video games, but I could see that a lot of, you know, the top talent is now going over to this other game and, and this other game's popularity has already surpassed you know, Overwatch. So the new, you know, the, the, the shininess and awesomeness of Overwatch is long past gone. Well, I think that was definitely a case of, you know, that was kind of the zenith of Overwatch's popularity um, and new content for that matter. How oh, a correlation. Um, yep. And like, I think that was probably a little bit of a case of buyer's remorse on some of the owner's perspective. I think to your point, because you're right. Like I imagine those, I have no numbers to actually back this up. I would imagine that those, Overwatch teams are not worth as much money as they were when they purchased them no. because of Overwatch's dwindling popularity because they just sat in their asses. It's, it's, it's actually kind of ironic that there are players who left Overwatch for basically they joined another uh, games team or whatever, which doesn't have the financial backing of these teams and now well, within yeah. with basically joining that that new team up to now they're probably making as much or if not more than they would have made if they had stuck with Overwatch which is sad um it's it's, it's kind of crazy i agree so the 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 last story i just i know we're almost out of time but i just want to voice this real quick if you are a major figure at a company or an organization or something you cannot voice your opinion on something uh that that to the vast majority of the world is controversial that is the quickest way to get your ass kicked out the door which is the case with uh, the, I think it was the CEO. Is that right? Hold yeah. on, let me double check. The CEO of Tripwire Interactive. Yeah, it was CEO. Uh, because he made, he tweeted about his opinion on Texas, uh, Texas's new abortion law. Yep. Oh, I for saw God's it. sakes. And, uh, that, yeah. it, look, here, here's the thing. This is, this is something that everybody who works at, I mean, basically who has a job has to understand that they, that they're, you have to separate yourself. And if you're, if you're a CEO, you cannot separate yourself from the company. But you know, if you're like the dish, you know, the, the dishwasher at a, Long John Silver. You could probably get away with it as long as you don't post a, a bunch of fucking pictures of you working at Long John Silver because then you're associated with that, which then will get your ass fired. Well, I think it's also knowing your constituents. I mean, 
the reality is if you work at certain jobs for certain employers, yep. you could have posted that tweet and been just fine. True. Whereas it's, you can also, the same holds true in the reverse. Depending on your job, you could have tweeted out, this is an outrage that this happened in Texas and certain employers would fire you for that. Whereas certain employers would be perfectly fine with it. So, you know, for better or for worse, that's the world we live in. Like I know at my employer, there are certain things that I'm not going to post on Facebook. Like it just wouldn't fly. And I fully acknowledge that. That's just, it is what it is. Um, you know, I don't always disagree with the politics and that's okay. That's life. Mm-hmm. That's part of getting a job. Um, but I recognize that. And like an adult, I accept that reality of life. Right. And that's just the way it is. So I really don't hold any sympathy over, you know, the CEOs, they have to know like, but that is their audience and that that's just the world we live in. And don't give me the stupid BS of cancel culture. Cause I can do the same thing. There are things I could post on Facebook tomorrow that would get me pulled into our head of school's office and fired tomorrow. And sorry, that's not cancel culture. That's just not being a dumbass. Yes. Uh, now, Here's here's the other thing. If you are in a position of power and you're basically the face of the company, uh, one of the other things that happened was a bunch of the companies that had a contract with Twip, Tripwire started pulling back, and those are that's the quickest way to shut down the entire company. Yep. Now, of course, Tripwire. I think it was like 52 hours after he posted that tweet, he's gone, which. There are a shit ton of companies that wish that that could happen at their uh, place of business. <clears throat> Blizzard. I know. It's kind of funny that in such a few hours, they already took more action than it seems like Blizzard has with this whole thing blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine. I, yeah. So, anyways, you are entitled to your own opinions. I'm entitled to mine. I don't have to voice them to you. Uh, if you. You know, if you're dying to know my opinion, then I may tell you if I feel comfortable or I may not. I am definitely not going to voice it on something as readily available as a podcast and a video cast. Um, now, that's that's not to say that I can't voice my opinion on stuff that I'm passionate about that's not as controversial right now. Like, you know, you've if you're watching this show or listening to the show, you know I've voiced my opinion on taking IPs name alone and then shitting the rest of the movie. Okay, that's my opinion. <laughs> uh, Sam Grizzle says cancel culture promotes silence. Doesn't seem good for society in long run, but that's our reality. They're trying to make it. They, okay, real quick, and then we'll we're gonna wrap up the show. Uh, they're trying to make the uh, the loudest voices happy which isn't always the the majority. They might be the minority, but unfortunately, minority is usually the loudest. You can't... First of all, if you're, you know, you have to think about your actions. You're in charge of yourself. One. Two, like I said, you're entitled to your own opinion. You don't have to voice it. You probably shouldn't in certain cases. So, you know, grow a pair. Use your brain, and we love you. I love you too, man. 
All right, so ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, we have reached the end of our show, but I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving you our, come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next, well, I will be back definitely next Thursday. Zelius is a, I don't know. You just said that you didn't know if you're going to be here next Thursday, Zelius. Don't give me no, that frown. Next Thursday is the following Thursday. Okay, fine. Zelius and I will be back next Thursday for another exciting episode of the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.